Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. All of us are going to develop a disease at some point. Aging is a disease, Aging is a disease. Our body is a machine. And we are beginning to discover why we age. How do you slow it down? How do you stop it? Maybe how do you reverse it? Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatness. Very excited about our guest, Peter Diamandis, in the house. My man. Good to see you, sir. Great to see you once again. Very excited about this. You're a type of individual that has this moonshot mindset, really. You think so big. It's almost unrealistic how big you think. And you get other people who have an unrealistic mindset based on what a lot of people think is possible. And you enroll them in a vision, a vision of what you can see is possible in the future, but may, may seem impossible right now. Yeah, I like to say that the day before something is really a breakthrough, it's a crazy idea, Uh huh. right? So where are we trying crazy ideas in the world? Yes. And I think we're living in a time where there's more capital than ever before. There's more capability, more data, more knowledge, more compute, more everything. And so honestly, there's very few things that are not possible. It's a matter of getting the passionate, purposeful mind focused on making it happen. It's funny because I was flying a couple weeks ago and I was thinking, you know, a hundred In an airplane, right? Yeah, in an airplane. <laughs> Not like personally, but I was like thinking, you know, a couple hundred years ago, people would have like thought this was the craziest thing in the world. Yeah. If you said, I'm gonna be in a tin thing, an aluminum thing or whatever, flying in the sky, going across the world, people would have thought you're nuts. I have two 10, soon to be 11 year old boys and when they're on their tablet, in an airplane, I was like, like, look out the window, it's a miracle. It's incredible. It is incredible, right? <laughs> I know, and then the other thing is I remember, I don't know, it was a year ago or so, I made this trip like LA, New York, New York, Miami, Miami, LA, in like 48 hours. And I was thinking to myself, that trip 100 years ago or 200 years ago would have been like, you know, years. Your life, <laughs> your, your life. lifetime. And it's like, I'm thinking about it, Anyway, it's crazy. Even just, you know, I was talking to my girlfriend the other day and we were FaceTiming. I go, 15 years ago, we could not like imagine a video looking at you live from across the world. Yes. Like this would have been sorcery. For, for free. For free, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, how can you even create a video in front of you and see someone else across the world? It is mind blowing if you really think about what we've been able to create. Yeah. And by the way, what we're going to create in the decade ahead in the next two decades is gonna make us look like what we have today is standing still. Really? Yeah. Yeah, every year I, I run this program called Abundance 360 for 360 entrepreneur CEOs. And I do two things. One is I look back 100 years ago at what, were the, what was the innovation 100 years ago, right? And you can actually like search patents, headlines, all of that. and. Then I look at what's occurred in just the last 12 months. And the last 12 months is stunning in, you know, in compute sensors, networks, AI, robotics, 3D printing. 100 years ago, uh, in, in uh, 1922, there were six innovations. I don't know if I remember them. Uh, the water ski was invented. 
uh, it was two boards and some wash right. line rope, right? Uh, vitamin E was discovered. Uh, a manually retractable roof for a car. Oh, and the blender. The blender was made for making malt shakes. And there was one more that I'm, I'm forgetting. But, I mean, that was like in the course of the entire year of 1922 globally. That, oh, uh, Vegemite. Vegemite. <laughs> These were like massive innovations. This was like the innovations of 1922. And it's like you, I mean... Honestly, compared to what we have per microsecond today, it's insane. And we forget how incredible the world we're living in is today. And the tools that we have, more access to capital, compute, manufacturing, you know, connections to people globally around the world. It's like there is nothing that is not possible with the committed, passionate human mind. In 10 to 20 years, what do you think is going to, if you said right now, this is going to happen, people would say there's no way. That's, that's we'll, just not. And we'll talk about, I mean, I think we're going to uh, significantly extend the healthy human lifespan, learn how to reverse aging, which is an area of focus for me. You know, we are seeing right now autonomous cars and flying cars. Um, you know, the proper name is electric vertical takeoff or landing EV tolls. And they'll be here and they'll become part of the fabric, right? We'll all have an AI AI software shell, an AI that is monitoring everything for you, your, your biology, it knows your schedule, it just heard me say, okay, we're going to you know, be done in a couple hours, and it's got an autonomous car waiting for me without me asking, because it knows where I need to get to next, right? It's, and, and so the world's going to become very, what I call, auto-magical, automatic and magical huh. uh, in our world. Things just materialize, your desires you know, become reality. It's like Amazon Prime, but now. It's like everything, <laughs> right everything now. now, right? It's like ahead of time. It's like as I'm thinking about it, it comes to me. Uh, I mean, brain-computer interface is coming fast and furious, right? Connecting, you know, you have 100 billion neurons, 100 trillion synaptic connections in your brain. Connecting that to the cloud, you know, to increase our intelligence, our conversations. Fascinating stuff. What are you most excited about in a decade? In a decade's time, I'm interested, I'm focused a lot on the biotech breakthroughs that are coming our way. The ability using CRISPR and gene therapy to cure almost every disease uh, is coming fast. The idea, I'm, I'm, you know, I have a half a billion dollar venture fund that two thirds of it right now is being invested into biotech and health mm -hmm. tech. So that's super cool for me. It's like, listen, I'm 60. Mm -hmm. And I'm shooting for, you know, many hundred years. So it's like just, many hundred. Yeah. I mean, why not? Listen, here's, in, the, in this body, in this body, updated, upgraded, whatever the case might be. Wow. I think honestly, we're, uh, you know, there is people say, oh, well, listen, you know, aren't you going to be happy with 10 or 20 or 30 years? And yeah, that's fantastic. Add another 20, 30, make 100 years old and you're 60. But one thing to realize is that if we add 30 healthy years, so you've got the cognition, you're thinking clearly, the aesthetics, you look good, the mobility, you're moving well. If you add 30 healthy years, science is not standing still during those 30 years, right? It's moving and the speed is accelerating. So, uh, you know, a lot of the work right now is around the idea of slowing, stopping and reversing aging. You know, there are species on this planet from the bowhead whale to the Greenland shark to sea turtles that live two, three, four, five hundred years. 
If they can, why can't we? Interesting. 500 right. years. Yeah. yeah. Greenland shark, at a minimum, is, does 400 to 500 years. Come on, really? Yeah. That's incredible. It is incredible. So with CRISPR, and can you, I've just started learning about CRISPR in the last few months. For those who have never heard about it, can you explain what it is? And how can you use something like CRISPR to, I guess, take genes from the shark that lives 400 years or whatever and, and help it... <laughs> help uh, as humans use it in a way to help us live longer. CRISPR is an editing technology that's been discovered out of bacteria. And it's a means, it's evolved over billions of years as a means by which bacteria prevent themselves from being infected by viruses. There are things called bacteriophage that infect uh, uh, bacteria. And anyway, uh, Jennifer Doudna and her her partner who won the Nobel Prize in 2020 in chemistry for discovering CRISPR, learned how to manipulate it and utilize it. And some folks at Harvard, like George Church and others, turning it into a tool that allows you to go into your genome and accurately change letters. So each of us, you and I have 3.2 billion letters in our genome, 3.2 from our mother and 3.2 from our father. And those genes, basically are your software, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes you might be born with a uh, genetic disease, a mutation like sickle cell anemia, thalassemia. There's thousands of them and you're stuck with it and it could be fatal or it could be inconvenient. Uh, and we have, medicine has over the years tried to just, you know, how do we treat it? How do we remove the symptomology? But you still have it. You still have it. And CRISPR is an opportunity to go into your genome and make the edit and cure you, right? You know, C-U-R-E, cure. And for example, there's CRISPR trials going on right now to cure people with AIDS, where you go in, right, the, the HIV uh, virus is in your, has been integrated into your genome, can you use CRISPR to go in there and cut it out? And delete it. And delete it. Right. This that's is like crazy. word. This is word processing for the letters of your body. So wow. that's probably not. We're not going to probably use CRISPR for uh, for longevity, but it's going to help us live uh, our longest, healthiest life. And then we're going to learn how to make changes that will extend it. One of the big areas, and you know, we're also beginning to learn how to grow extra organs, uh-huh. like a backup set of you know, uh, kidney, lung, you know, heart thymus, uh, pancreas, and that's pretty cool. Have a backup set of organs for yourself. Right, so you can do the surgery if you need to. What would you do, print it? Well, there's a, a, few, different appro- there's a few different approaches. One, Martine Rothblatt, who's an incredible entrepreneur, what Martine has done is gone after pigs, and turns out pigs have the same size heart, liver, lung, kidney as huh. humans do and modified the surface antigens and removed the viruses and making them compatible for transplant. So you can make an infinite supply of humanized pigs that are wow. then available instead of, because right now what do we, we wait for someone to die in an automobile accident. And then we use that organ, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, I think the first transplant happened with a pig heart within the last six months. Yeah, so it was a liver transplant that was done into someone who was brain dead, uh, but the family allowed the transplant uh, to take place as a first step. Interesting. And then there was a heart transplant that was done uh, about three or four months ago. Now the patient only survived for 
little over a month, oh, but God. it's the first it's the first step. Interesting. Yeah. But maybe if there were, there's a way that CRISPR could change the the DNA of the heart exactly. first and then transplant. Exactly. Yeah. So that is, you know, it's the early days, mm -hmm. but I think it begins to change the way we think about our what's possible in our lives. Like, what would you do if you had an extra 50 years? If like, you know, if you knew you were gonna make it to 150, would it change uh, when you have kids, whether you get married, how many careers you have, how long you work, your desire to go and see another star system? You know, I mean, how does it change? Because life is precious, there's no question about it. But this idea that you are going to retire and then go out to pasture and yeah. and you know give up on life i think is bullshit i think if you feel good if you've got the energy uh, if you're thinking clearly the only time more exciting than today is tomorrow right what would you do if you had an extra 50 years if you knew yeah. okay if i stay healthy and there's no accidents in my life and i know i could yeah. my body could take it to 150 I mean, listen, I love starting companies. I'm on my 25th or 26th company right now. There's a few adventures on the planet, a few parts of the planet I haven't seen yet that I'd love to go to. I definitely want to go and walk on the moon and mm. walk on Mars and go start a, uh, a colony in, in probably in, in the asteroid belt. You know, it's, wow. like, it's like open up the space frontier and just see the future. I mean, my kids are 11, so I had kids when uh, you know, yeah, 49.50. And they've got an incredible life ahead of them, right? So kids born today could have an indefinite lifespan. Really? I mean, uh, we'll see. It's like we're beginning to understand why we age and why we may not need to. And it changes a lot of things, right? Including social security and government operations and the institutions of marriage and all kinds of things. Now, would you go and have a third, fourth, fifth family. Mm. Who knows? Interesting. <laughs> what are the main causes of why we age? Your genome at birth, 3.2 billion letters that your software code you're running, and at age 20 and 40 and 60 and 80 and 100 is the same. Small mutations, but roughly is the same. And so the question is, why don't you look the same? Right, why is that? Why is it? Well, it's not the genes you have, it's what's called your epigenome. It is epi from the Greek word above, which means what genes are uh, turned on and what genes are turned off. And so as we get older, the body goes into dysregulation. Uh, it was never designed to live past age 30. Really? So, yeah, because 100,000 years ago, think about this, you would go into puberty at age 13, mm -hmm. no birth control, you'd be pregnant right. by 14. And then by the time you were 28, your kids were having kids. That's crazy. Right? And back then, before we had abundant food, before Whole Foods and McDonald's was around, the last thing you wanted to do to perpetuate the species was steal food from your grandchildren's mouths. And wow. so there was never benefit, right, for being the old member of the tribe who's strong arming for food or holding the tribe back. And so there was no selective pressures against a person um, living longer or promoting a person living longer. So we never did. And so the body goes into a rapid dysregulation. For example, when we're born, we have this large supply of stem cells in our body. 
uh, as we age from like birth to into your 40s and 50s, the stem cells in your body can fall a thousandfold. Mm. So there's something called stem cell exhaustion. That's one of multiple causes. Your mitochondria, your power mm. sources for, right. your, for, your, for your cells. So recently, Tony Robbins and I wrote a book called Life Force. Um, and it hit number one in the New York Times for like the first three weeks was out. Super proud. It's an amazing book, yeah. Yeah, and, it's, and a, the book looks at all of the breakthroughs today that are, uh, have just come out, uh, have been out for a bit, and then the ones that are coming out and uh, for treating cardiovascular disease, cancer, neurodegenerative yeah. disease, Alzheimer's, for increasing your vitality and your strength. And what I can tell you is that the speed of innovation is breathtaking, wow. right, is breathtaking. And part of that is understanding why we age. There's a great, another book called Lifespan. So Tony and I wrote Life Force, a guy named David Sinclair. Sinclair is great, yeah. Lifespan, are you familiar? Yeah, yeah, I've had David on a few okay, times. fantastic. Yeah. So David's brilliant and it does an incredible job of explaining why we age and, and his work in the Sirtuin systems these are the seven uh, genes and factors that control your epigenome and also control uh, repairing mutations in, in the genome. So the good news is what was used to be a crazy idea. I mean, people would laugh at you and you wouldn't get funding if you were talking about the idea of longevity research or age reversal is now become mainstream. It's the hottest subject uh, you know, arguably tens of billions of dollars are flowing in per year wow. into research, yeah. If you're a, I just turned 39, so I'm gonna be 40 next year. If you're me, yeah. what were the things you say you, you need to start thinking about doing or applying ASAP that are free or pretty inexpensive yeah. right now? And then what are the things that, if you're like, if you got the funds, like these three things you got to invest yeah. in, now, so, like yesterday? Great, yeah, great question. So number one, it's still the basics, right? Uh -huh. It's eat eight, well, sleep well. <laughs> yeah, it's eight hours of sleep, and I've got my aura ring, and uh -huh. I am. I actually, when I was in medical school, used to pride myself on getting by with five or five and a half hours right. of sleep. Right? It was like, it was like the manly thing to do. Now, I think Tony was like that for a long time too. Oh, yeah, right? He, he has been, and he. I think he's finally got religion as we wrote this book. But I pride myself on eight hours of sleep now. I really am shooting for that. I'm getting, you know in bed by 9.30, cause I'm, wow. my, my eyes pop open at 5.30, so if I wanna get those, that sleep, that's what I gotta do. It's like bringing the temperature down, wearing an eye mask, you know, a cooling blanket, all those things, and they're tricks and trades. Uh, there's a great book by Matt Walker called Why We Sleep. Yeah, he's right. Which, which is brilliant. Yeah, we've had him on too, he's uh, great. So sleep is critical, uh, minimizing sugar. I mean, sugar is, in moderation is fine, but sugar is an inflammatory molecule. It causes neuroinflammation, cardiovascular disease, it's not a good thing. You know, I tend towards a plant-based diet. I tend towards uh, minimizing any kind of red meat. Um, I'm mostly fish and Mediterranean diet. And then exercise is key, right? So uh, as much exercise as I can get, uh, I'll, I'll squeeze really? it in there. So those are, the those are the basics. And there's a whole slew of supplements. If you have the money and um, it's not too early for you uh, to do this, uh, I started a company called Fountain Life. And Fountain Life is in the, in the book uh, in detail. We have uh, facilities in New York, in Pittsburgh, in Florida. Uh, we're opening 
soon in Dallas, in Santa Monica here. And it's a annual membership and you go and we do a digital upload of you. It's the best I can describe it. Uh, we do a full body MRI, uh -huh. um, huh. uh, brain MRI, brain vasculature. And those, what we're looking for there is finding cancer at the very beginning, at stage really? zero, right? And also finding any kind of aneurysms. And so 2% of people who come through have a cancer they don't know about. Come on. That's crazy, right? 2.5% uh, have an aneurysm they don't know about. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So listen, we all know life is full of yada yada, like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print. And I know you've dealt with yada yada before, like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else. And yes, it is possible to outsmart yada yada, like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. Too. in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, an aneurysm is a opening in the, in the arterial vessel. If you've had someone die in their sleep, a lot of times it's from an aneurysm mm. that, that bursts. And then we do a coronary, an AI-enabled, what's called a clearly CT. And so, uh, Historically, you'd go and you'd, you'd get your calcium score. And if you had a lot of calcium, that was considered bad. But calcified plaque in your coronary arteries is stable. It's the soft plaque you need to be worried about that can rupture and then block you know, one, of the, uh, one of the coronary arteries. And we use an AI-enabled CT called clearly, C-L-E-E-R-L-Y, uh, to find soft plaque. Okay. And, uh, and then we monitor that for you. And then we do a grail test, which is a blood test that can find uh, 50 different cancers. We do Jeez. all of your, all of your omics, your gut, your genomics, everything. How long does it take to do it's, all these it's tests? It's five hours. 
total. Uh, to is it painful? All the imaging. No, no, not at all. Not at all. You have to be patient and sit there. And then we do a quarterly follow up, and you get a concierge doc with you. Interesting. But the idea is, listen, all of us uh, are going to develop a disease at some point, right? Well, well, they're saying death is a disease, right? I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's exactly. Like, and so, but aging gonna, is a disease. Aging right? is a disease. But you're going to, you know, God willing, you don't. But a cancer, a neurodegenerative, you want to find something at the very beginning when you can zap it. Uh huh. And, and so, if you find it at the beginning, there's ways to reverse them? Yes, there are. Listen, your chance, if you discover any of these things early enough on, there are from cardiovascular and cancer and neurodegenerative and all of these things. Uh, yes, you want to find it in the beginning. And people go, well, I don't want to know. Bullshit. You want to know as early as you can so you can take action. Was you there know, anything that you found that was, you know, so I nervous found, about? I found, uh, so my biggest risk is cardiovascular. Uh, heart disease. My father, I think, you know, pretty much passed from implications of cardiovascular disease. And I uh, have reversed the cardiovascular disease that I've had with a series of medical protocols. Interesting. Um, and, uh, and, that, and that makes me feel uh, much more empowered, right? And so monitoring then my muscle and my bone density and everything else but knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you want to live a long and healthy life, uh, you want to know as much as you can uh, going into this. Is this so, something you do every year then? I do or? every year, yes. I've done it. We have a facility, we have a sister company called Human Longevity, HLI, okay. in San Diego. And so I had been going to the one in San Diego uh, for the first five, six years. And then uh, last two years, I've been going to this new company that in Santa Monica. And, and, and well, it's right. nationwide, okay. but uh, called Fountain Life. You can go to fountainlife.com. Santa Monica will open by the end of this year. I'm gonna have to check that out. Um, you, you should, and I think if you can afford it, and it's not cheap. It's you know nineteen thousand five hundred for the first year, and then fourteen thousand five hundred for every year thereafter. But it includes a concierge doc and includes all the work up, and and it's a fiduciary for your health, mm-hmm. right? Now, the cool thing we're doing on top of that, which I love, is uh, we're reinventing health insurance. So mm. I think, and we have something called Fountain Health, which is our insurance program for, uh, it's for self-insured companies right now, but we'll, we'll go beyond that. So, you know, think about this. Life insurance pays you after you're dead, mm-hmm. right? Health insurance pays you after you've been sick. Uh, fire insurance pays you after your house burns down. And that's just like pathetic. And so what we're doing with Fountain Health is when, when you get this health insurance, all of the testing I mentioned before is free. Mm. And so our job is to test you annually Interesting. And, per, and catch the disease at the beginning <laughs> and prevent it from happening. So I pay for the health insurance, I get the... Testing from Fountain Life for yeah. free. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So it's uh, so it helps you prevent and not it's have to all spend. about preventive. Yeah. It's personalized, preventative, predictive uh, healthcare. You, you mentioned, you know, you lose is it stem cells. You, I think you said you lose yeah. after a period of time. So the other side of Fountain Life is we have uh, therapeutics. Okay. And um, there are a whole slew. In fact, my meeting right after our conversation is going to meet with one of my physicians. I've got an army of them to look at what therapeutics I want to do this year. Okay. And so there's 
things called synolytic medicines. So it turns out your cells in your body are replicate on the order of 50 times. And at the end of 50 replications, they should die, um, make room for new cells. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes they don't die and they become cancers, or they can stick around and what be called what they're called a zombie cell or a senile cell. And these cells are sitting there just pumping out inflammatory. Wow. And about 2% of the cells in your body are these zombie senile cells. And so there are medicines you can take that can target those and kill them. And those are called senolytic medicines. And so there's things uh, like dastinib, quercetin, and rapamycin. Uh, and then there are exosomes and stem cell treatments. Now, what we're working on, because today you can get your own stem cells. You can go to your bone marrow or your blood and separate out stem cells, you concentrate them, them right? and give them back. Uh -huh. give, but you can bank them or give them back to yourself. Or you can go and get uh, stem cells from uh, the placenta of a newborn. And we are working to get approvals in the US from the FDA under what's called an investigational new drug application to do that. Because right now, uh, we at Fountain Life will make recommendations for facilities in the Caribbean or in Costa Rica or Panama, Panama yeah. or other places where you can go, but you can't get newborn stem cells legally in the United States because they've not been FDA approved. Right. Our goal is, is do the science, demonstrate what's possible and get the FDA approval so that we can rejuvenate uh, ourselves. Have you done stem cell work on I, yourself? I've done uh, some stem cell work I'm looking at, at for sort of the decade ahead, I've done exosomes, What's that? which are legal. Uh, so when a stem cell, a newborn stem cell is sitting there and it's producing growth factors, um, those growth factors are not just pumped in out, they are put into these small uh, vacuoles, like a piece of cellular membrane from the stem cell that has the growth factors in them and then they're released. Mm. And so they have no DNA, they have no organelles, they're basically the messaging factors. And you can separate those out from the placenta, the newborn placenta, and uh, provide those as, uh, so you're getting the therapeutic output of the stem cell without getting the cells themselves. Right. What, is there anything other advanced things that you've done for yourself already, um, like you know, with injections a, or I'm pulling out a, blood or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, so I'm on uh, testosterone optimization right now. Uh, so is that the pellets or is that like an no, injection? No, it's an, an injection twice a week that I do. Uh, you're looking I'm, pretty. You look pretty jacked. I, I feel yeah, strong. I, I, yeah, strong, like strong, jacked, like, strong like ox. <laughs> Smell like ox too. Um, but uh, I've not done growth hormone yet. I'm looking at that. Uh, I'm looking at uh, something called total plasma exchange. Mm. So this is like changing your oil. Uh, where hmm, you'll you'll pull out a few liters of blood, you'll separate out the red cells and the, and the white cells, and then the rest of the plasma is typically uh, some uh, saline and albumin, which is the major protein, and you can replace those, and you are sort of refreshing your your blood supply. So there was a you probably remember this a whole bunch of conversation around the idea of young blood. 
Uh-huh. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, there were these parabiosis experiments that when my business partners, Bob Hurry, Dr. Hurry, who's the CEO of Cellularity, did years ago, in which you took an old mouse and a, and a young mouse and you connected the circulatory systems. And the old mouse got young and the young mouse got old. And I was like, what's going on? This is interesting. And so there are a few different things. Uh, there's uh, a company uh, that has identified one factor called GDF11, growth factor 11, and is manufacturing that mm, right now. My venture fund's an investor in that. And it falls off as we age. And so the question is, is giving it as we age going to be part of that young blood experiment? But what they also did was they took the old mouse and they took out the blood and replaced it with this total plasma exchange. And the mouse got younger too. Interesting. So there's a lot of different factors. I mean, we're in the early part of this adventure, right? There's this concept called longevity escape velocity and uh, that Aubrey de Grey and Ray Kurzweil talk about, which is today for every year you're alive, science is extending your life for about a quarter of a year. Yeah, wow. Um, and, but there's gonna be a point at which for every year you're alive, science extends your life for greater than a year, right? From all the breakthroughs that are occurring. So what is that? When is that gonna happen? Ray's prediction, Ray Kurzweil's prediction was a dozen years from now. And then I asked uh, another friend, George Church, he's one of the most brilliant scientists on the planet, uh, genomicist at Harvard. And his, his answer shocked me. He said 15 years from now. So our mission is not to die from something stupid in the interim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And so we talk about a lot of this in, in, uh, in Life Force. Um, and it's really about how do you maintain vitality, the energy, the desire, right? Because people retire mm-hmm. when they're not feeling well, when they don't have the energy anymore, they're not excited about life. And then there's a whole bunch of supplements I take as like, like a laundry list of supplements. And um, resveratrol you know, and yeah, resveratrol and uh, and uh, uh, NMN, uh-huh. uh, everything from Sinclair. Yeah, yeah. Though, the, and there's a bunch of others. Um, and at the end of the day, our body is a machine, and we are beginning to discover why we age. How do you slow it down? How do you stop it? Maybe how do you reverse it? Mm. How important is Love, purpose, and inner peace. Yeah. And extending our lifespan. Yeah, I, I think they're extraordinary. I think mindset, I talk about food, exercise, sleep, and then mindset is fundamental. Uh-huh. I think love and, and companionship and purpose. Um, you've all heard the stories of, you know, the couple that is, deeply in love and one dies and the the one dies shortly thereafter, right? I mean, I think you can will yourself to death. And of course, our founding fathers, uh, this country, um, I forget which two of them, like, you know, died within hours of the 50th anniversary of the founding of the country. Wow. Right, they were like, I'm gonna make it to that point. I'm gonna, damn it, I'm gonna make it there, right? And so having a purpose, and and this is something that um, is really deeply, meaningful for me right mm. now. Uh, and I'm spending a lot of time on this. I had an experience, so uh, I co-founded something called Singularity University with Ray Kurzweil. And I uh, did that now almost 15 years ago. And 
we have executive programs and uh, and graduate programs and Abundance 360. My program is the year-round highest-level version of of Singularity University. And the graduate programs, we'd, we'd get 100 graduate students from around the world, top of their class, the best in AI and robotics and medicine, whatever it might be. And I remember every year I would ask a question, how many of you are clear about your purpose in life? And shockingly, not many would respond. Uh, less than half the class, and I expected 90% there, right? And it These was like, are the brightest of the bright. Yeah, yeah. And they're just, you know, from the top universities and entrepreneurs. And, and so it would be like 40% would raise their hand. And I'm like, holy shit. Listen, for everybody who doesn't know, your, your mission in this program is to find your passion and purpose. That's all. I don't care what you build as a company. Find your passion and purpose because it drives everything. It's a great Mark Twain quote. He says, there are two important days in your life, the day you were born and the day you found out why. Mm-hmm. And so I'm on a mission right now to help people find their passion and purpose. And so uh, I just launched, uh, it's a free 30-day program called Mindset Bootcamp. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you go to uh, diamandis.com slash mindset, you sign up. It's a 30-day sequence of emails uh, that will hopefully change the way you see your life and your world and help you find your passion, find your purpose, but then give you insights into the mindsets that will enable you to fulfill your passion mm-hmm. and your purpose. What happens if we don't find our passion or our purpose? I think you're on a on a meandering walk, and you can still enjoy yourself. But I think it's really at the at the end of your life, looking back. And by the way, your passion, your purpose, can be your family, and that can be just a hundred percent. And it can be it can be fulfilling in that it can be you know uh, to go and open the space frontier. It can be mm-hmm. to go right a wrong. It's like a lot of this, and I talk about this in this uh, in the mindset boot camp. A lot of this comes from emotional energy. We're emotional beings, yes, right. We need we need that emotional energy to do anything big and bold in the world, and that emotional energy can come from on excitement. So for me, you know, I was born in the '60s, and it was the Apollo program and Star Trek. Right, Apollo showed me, you know, what we could do. And Star Trek was that visionary documentary that showed us where we were going. Mm-hmm. And that, that lit me on fire and everything I've ever done is a result of that passion, that purpose. And that's a positive passion and purpose. You can, people who've been wronged in their life, whatever it might been, it's like, I refuse to let that happen again. Mm-hmm. I will not let that happen to another person. And that can fuel your passion and purpose. Right. And I think it just makes every day more more meaningful. It's yes. like waking up in the morning and um, and moving the needle, making a dent in the universe. Mm-hmm. And here's the important thing for for folks who have not found their passion and purpose: it's easier than ever before. The tools you have to do something big and bold in the world are greater than any time ever in human history. Mm-hmm. Access to more capital, more knowledge, more compute, more connected people on the planet, and so. I don't care if you're 80 years old beginning your journey or if you're eight. It's like finding a a purpose-driven life, I think, is a really important element. So, you know, uh, 
my my boot camp is is part of that equation mm-hmm. and then for me it's it's really helping people find the mindset so I, I deal a lot with entrepreneurs yes and one of my favorite questions for them is okay give me your favorite entrepreneurs steve jobs elon musk jeff bezos I, you know whatever your list is or your favorite leaders on the planet martin luther king you know you mm-hmm. know uh, mahatma gandhi whatever it is and I said to you, what made them succeed? Was it the cash they had in the bank? Was it the technology they had access to? Or was it their mindset? And I, I think, I know you'd mindset. agree. Yeah, mindset's everything, right? Of and, and so, whereas the greatness mindset, gratitude mindset, abundance, exponential, longevity, moonshot mindset. Because if you took away their money and you took away their relationships and you took away their technology, if they, they maintained their mindset, they get back a lot of what they lost. Maybe they'd go even further. And so if that's true, what mindset do you have? Mm. You know, I, ask, I ask them, what mindset do you have? And where did you get it from? Did you just like happen to inherit it? Did you get it from your mom, your dad, your school, your brother, your sister? What, where was it? And I think that we should be more actively choosing the mindset we desire mm-hmm. and then shaping the mindset. So, I mean, we both are knowledgeable about, you know, AI and and machine learning that it's really incredibly, it's rising uh, monumentally. And when you think about machine learning, what machine learning is as a form, as a one of the areas of AI, is you're showing a uh, computer neural net image after image after image, data point after data point after data point, and you're training that neural net to recognize cats or dogs or the English language, whatever the case might be. Our brains are neural nets. And what we see, what we listen to, who we hang out with, all of that is training our neural net. So Mm -hmm. like I like to say, if you're watching CNN for two or three hours a day, and I call CNN the crisis news network, (laughs) or the constantly negative news network, you're gonna feel like you're under attack. Like the world is ending and your mindset's gonna be a very negative mindset. Yeah. And so uh, ultimately it's like, don't do that. <laughs> Just Turn don't. It off. Yeah. I mean, and so I'm on, you know, I haven't watched any network news. I will get up in the morning, I will, I'll do two things. I will spend about 10 minutes on, on Google News right? And just look at what's going on headlines, to, yeah. to make sure there's nothing in the world I need to know about. Also, my mom will call me and tell me this thing. <laughs> yeah, I need to know yeah, yeah. And the other is I built an engine called uh, Futuroscope. And uh, you might actually like this. So Futuroscope as an engine allows you to build customized news feeds for yourself. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and so I built two, one's called FutureLoop. And so what I did was I gave, Future, I gave FutureScope the AI engine there, all of my blogs, my books, my Twitter stream, and it modeled the way I think. Mm. And then it searches the world's news every day uh. and, and brings the news to me that has positive semantic uh, about converging exponentials impacting uh, the industries I'm interested in. Uh-huh. So if you go to futureloop.com, you'll get uh, you'll get 15 articles uh, every day selected by Virtual Peter on longevity, on uh, on space, on reinventing transportation, reinventing health, reinventing retail. 
and it's, I use a GPT-3, which is one of the AI engines out of OpenAI. And it's, it's like, this is the news I care. Hey there, Brenda. It's Carol. Exactly. So which leg are we operating on? You mean arm? It's all connected. Asking the right question can greatly impact your future. Are you sure you're an orthopedist? Actually, I'm a Sagittarius. Especially when it comes to your finances. Do you have a question? Are you a certified financial planner? Yes, I'm a CFP professional. CFP professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. about Mm-hmm. This is the stuff in the world that I want shaping my neural net. Sure. And then I created another one called uh, longevityinsider.org. Okay. And uh, I love it. Longevityinsider.org, it scrapes everything on Twitter, all the science journals, uh, all the news journals, and I get 15 updates every day on breakthroughs in longevity yeah, and cool. vitality and health. And the engine picks the photo, the AI engine picks a photo, and it writes a very understandable summary of the article. So you don't need to have any medical background. It's like, oh, that's fascinating. And for me, that's part of our longevity mindset. If you believe that you have the potential to add 30 healthy years on your life, you're going to change, you're going to, you're going to treat your life much differently than if you don't. Yeah. If you think, you know, you're going to be dead at 70, 75, you know, you're going to give up on life. If you think you've got an extra, you know, you're doing 120 in a healthy way, then you're going to be, you know, looking at starting your next company, getting your next boyfriend or girlfriend, whatever right, the case right. might be. If someone is stuck in a negative mindset, but they want to lean more into a p- purpose-driven mindset, yeah. what are some of the steps they can take? Because this <clears throat> is a conditioning that some people have yeah. for decades. It is. And, and you can, the beautiful thing about the human brain is it's plastic. In the term of plasticity, it's changeable. And you just need to do that rewiring. And there are a number of different things you can mm-hmm. do. It's what are you reading? Yeah. What are you watching? Who are you hanging out with? Right? I mean, just think about it for yourself. Would you rather hang out with someone who is like uh, a positive mindset, you know, um, there's no problem I can't fix, you know, or someone who's reading the obituaries and just like, you know, <laughs> it's not to say that uh, there are times in our life when there's something going on in the world that we need to pay attention to because we have the ability to make a difference. But I don't need to be bombarded by it every day right. um, because it doesn't make me a happier person or a more active person. I think it's, again, what are you letting in? What posters are on your wall? Mm-hmm. I'll never forget when I was in, um, uh, in medical school, I was starting my first university called the International Space University. My co-founder, Todd Hawley, I think as a joke, and really just to goad me, put on his wall Murphy's Law, which is if anything can go wrong, <laughs> it will. Right? Things start like, going wrong. <laughs> it was like, uh, it's like just really offensive. And so I went, I had a whiteboard behind me. I went to my whiteboard and I wrote, if anything can go wrong, fix it to hell with Murphy. Uh, and I wrote Peter's Law over it. Oh, and then cool. I have like, uh, Google Peter's Laws are like, 32 of them now, you know, when given a choice, take both, start at the top and work your way up, mm. do it by the book, but be the author. Oh, that's you know, cool. The best way to predict the future is create it yourself. And, and the truisms 
that I live my life by. Mm-hmm. So what are on your, what's on your walls, right? Who are, who are your most positive-minded, mm-hmm. you know, optimistic friends? Spend more time with them. You know, if, if you want to get thin or in good shape, hang out with people who are thin and in good shape. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are just fundamentals. And then, you know, uh, that's a lot of part of the element that I talk about in, in my Mindset Bootcamp. The other part is giving people the data. So a few of the mindsets that I focus on, an abundance mindset. Let's talk about that a second. So what's an abundance mindset? Mm-hmm. An abundance mindset is the belief that there is nothing truly scarce. So we grew up as a human species in scarcity. Mm-hmm. And our physiology and our, the way our brain is wired for scarcity. And so an abundance mindset, I'll give you two simple examples and go into more detail here. If I have an orange tree, I'm 5'5", I'm five five, I grab the oranges from the lowest hanging branches, all of a sudden, orange tree, oranges are scarce again. Until I invent a piece of technology called a ladder that gives me higher reach, and now I've got access to oranges again. If you've got a pie and you've got, you know, family of four coming over for dinner, but then all your neighbors hear about it and they all come for dinner, mm-hmm. you have to slice the pie into thinner and thinner slices. In an abundance mindset, it's like bullshit, we're gonna go bake more pies. Right. Right, so uh, the realization is technology is turning whatever used to be scarce into abundance. Another great example. We used to go kill whales on the ocean to get whale oil to light our nights, mm. right? Then we ravaged mountainsides to get coal. Then we drilled kilometers into the ocean ground to get oil. And now we're living on a planet that has 8,000 times more energy from the sun than we consume as a species in a year. Mm-hmm. 8,000 times. 2022 is the first year that we'll have more electricity added to the grid from solar than any other form. And so we're heading towards a squanderable abundance of energy, right? Fusion is coming down the line. And anyway, so the realization is there is nothing truly scarce. Does your mindset ever play tricks on you and go into scarcity, go into victim, go into... Of course, I'm human. I mean, and that's the default code. And so I need to get, I get myself out of it. Uh, Like what's bugging me? And meditation Mm -hmm. in the morning is a great way to to do that. You know, an exponential mindset is we evolved in a local and linear world. Nothing changed, right? The life of your great, 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 great grandparents and the life of your great, 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 great grandchildren was the same, right? Over millennia. That was it. But today we're living in a world where we're, Technology is growing exponentially. Things are not changing century to century or decade to decade. They're changing year to year. And so an exponential mindset is understanding how computation, sensors, networks, Mm -hmm. AI, robotics, 3D printing, synthetic biology, augmented, virtual reality, Web3, how all these technologies are just, are transforming what each of us can do in our lives. You know, when I teach that to entrepreneurs, it's a really important uh, to think about that. A longevity mindset we talked about. Mm-hmm. The moonshot. Uh, a moonshot mindset is around the idea that, that the majority of the world is happy with 10%. Right? The majority of the world is like, huh, if I could get 10% more revenue or 10% lower costs, that's awesome. But we're living in a world today where you can go not 10% better, but 10 times better. We see this in our epic entrepreneurs 
uh, Astro Teller, who's the head of Moonshots at Alphabet, uh, gives a great example. He says, listen, if you're running a car company and you want to go from 50 miles per gallon to 55 miles per gallon, you could probably do that by lightweighting the materials, maybe making your aerodynamic a little bit more, or changing the tires or a little efficiency. But if I ask you to go from 50 miles per gallon to 500 miles per gallon, you need to start with a clean sheet of paper and reinvent what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And when you think about what Bezos did with Amazon, what Larry and Sergey did with Google, what Elon's done with Tesla and SpaceX, those are starting with clean sheets of paper and reinventing the model. So we all can think about our moonshots. It's like, where do you want to go 10 times bigger when the rest of the world is happy with 10%? How does someone start reinventing 10 times bigger over 10%? So again, uh, I have a week worth of lessons on moonshot thinking in here. Part of it is realizing that the way it currently is done is not necessarily the only way to do it. Mm -hmm. And it's first principles thinking. An example I give in the blogs are when Elon went to go do Tesla, um, the batteries didn't exist. And, and he they said- They didn't exist. Well, the, the batteries at the price and the right. energy densities didn't exist to do this. And so he said, okay, well, how much should they cost? And then going and looking at the spot price for, for lithium and boron and the materials inside the batteries, realize that it can be you know, an order of magnitude cheaper, but um, he'd need to do that, right? So just the way things are right now isn't the way they need to, need to be. He did the same thing with reusable rockets. And so you've gotta be clear about your purpose. Mm. Uh, what I call, what I talk about is you need to know what your massive transformative purpose is. Mm-hmm. What is that thing that you connect with in your heart and soul that is like, you're not gonna give up. So for me, my MTP early on was space. Um, it was Apollo and Star Trek got me going. And I wanted to become an astronaut so badly. I went to medical school, half to make my parents happy, other half because if I wasn't a fighter pilot, physicians were the next likely and when I learned about my chance of becoming a NASA astronaut, like one in a thousand, I mean, really, like very slim, I said, okay, I have to reinvent how to do this. And right. so- And you went to MIT and well, Harvard was, and yeah. you were top I was at, of everything. I was to- top of the schools. I read a book called The Spirit of St. Louis one day that Lindbergh flew from New York to Paris, not on a whim, but to win a $25,000 prize. Hmm. And on, as a result of that, uh, I said, I'm gonna create a prize for a private space flight. And so my moonshot became opening up the private space frontier. Wow. And uh, we did that. We had the a $10 million Ansari X prize for space flight. We changed the rules and regulations. Uh, you know, Virgin Galactic basically bought the rights to the winning technology. I've known Bezos for 40 years. Uh, that X prize sparked him, Elon. And so we lit the fuse on, on commercial space flight. Wow. And that was my moonshot. My moonshot now is, uh, is age reversal. How do I reverse human age by decades? Wow. Because I, I, I wanna go to the moon, I wanna go to Mars, I wanna go and see another star system. When, if you could predict the exact day that you'll walk on the moon. Oh, 
What year? 2030 to 2032, that time frame. It's expensive still. You know, Starship will bring it down. I was just over at SpaceX uh, with the commercial spaceflight team there. And, you know, they're selling tickets to, the, to orbit and they're going to be selling... For like a quarter of a million or something, right? Or I know, well, that's on a suborbital flight. Uh-huh. Or, orbit's 50 million right now. 50 but, million? Yeah. <laughs> sure, okay. Uh, and then there's something called the cislunar orbit, like Apollo 8, where you launch, you launch from the Earth and then you go out around the moon and come back. That's kind of cool. That's cool, yeah. How much and, is that, how that's much gonna that be, cost? That's going to be on Starship, and that'll be, again, 50 million. 50 million, 50 million. to go around. How long does it take to get to the it's moon? It's like three days there and three Total. days back. Yeah, so it's like a... So it's a week trip Yeah, to go around the moon. You go around the moon. It's but just not a, land on the not moon. Not land. And so uh, that's, wow. attra- that's attractive as, a, as an idea. Right? When would that happen? Uh, a when couple are, years. People are going to go around the moon in a couple years. Yeah, there's a, there's a Japanese client... Uh, who's already purchased the first Starship mission to do that. That's crazy. And he's, uh, yeah, it's, it's great. It's wow. crazy. It's great. So you think in 10 years, 8 to 10 years, yeah. you'll walk on the moon? I think that's a good objective for me. And, and the question is, will I do a cislunar? I've got, I took a few companies public last year. I'm going to wait for their stock price to go up. <laughs> if, you, if you, let's say you had to do this in, in five years, you had to walk on the moon in five years, what had would you? You had to. Like yes. it was, or your, or your life was over. Okay, yeah. What, what would need to happen from you to shift the mindset to accelerate this <clears throat> so in if, half the time? Elon is moving as fast as humanly possible. There's no question. I mean, the guy is brilliant off the charts. He's... You know, there's a, there's a great Joseph Campbell quote uh, where someone is uh, driven as a man whose hair is on fire seeks water. Right. I love that image, right? Yeah. It's, ah. it's like, where is it now? I gotta go. And so uh, on, on SpaceX, and I've been there throughout his entire journey from roughly 2000, 2001, when he sold uh, PayPal to eBay to building SpaceX and what he's doing. He'll spend every penny he's got to make the human race a multi-planet species. Wow. And Starship, I remember I was with him one day back, I don't know, it was eight years ago, and he was really bummed. And I was like, what's up? And he goes, we just figured out that the Falcon 9 vehicle is not going to get us to Mars. It's not going to fulfill the mission. It's all about getting the human race to Mars. And we're going to have to scrap that and do something new. And he he made that decision and Starship came out of that, right? So Starship is 10 times bigger. It's able to carry 100 people to orbit. Wow. It's able to, you know, it's a, a completely reusable, not just the first stage. It can land on the moon. It can land on Mars. And we'll be seeing it going to orbit this year. And that's the vehicle. That's incredible. That's, it's humanity's first real Starship. That's incredible. Yeah. Not going to stars, but interplanetary ship. That'll go to the moon. Land on the moon, go to and go to Mars. Yeah, it's it's designed and built to colonize. Can take twelve people to the Martian surface. When when will it go to the moon? Uh, twenty twenty five. Three years from now. That's incredible. Yeah, it is incredible. So I I don't think there's anything I can do other than maybe throw a little more money his way, but he's got it. <laughs> I think he's got that. I'm curious about your ability to. Enroll. I'm, I'm a big believer that life is about enrollment. Yeah, completely. 
enrolling yourself in your vision, enrolling others in your Absolutely. vision, um, enrolling communities, the world in, in a mission, whatever it might be. When did you learn the the skill set, the mindset of enrollment? Yes, that's a really for so, for your life, and yeah. also again, you work with some of the most successful or influential people on the planet, whether they be the the richest people in the world or influential people like Tony Robbins and Elon Musk and, and Bezos. You're working with them. You're in collaboration. You're enrolling them to give you hundreds of millions of dollars in ideas or businesses yeah. or. Yeah. Moonshots. Yeah. How have you developed that enrollment mindset? That's a great question. No one ever asked me that, and I think it's really important for any entrepreneur, uh, period, or a mother or a father, right? So, I became driven by my desire to go to space. Right. When, so when was this? Well, uh, you know, as a, as it was, a kid, it was at nine years old, um, you know, Apollo 11, 12 is going on. Yes. Uh, I'm eight, nine years old, and Apollo catches my excitement, and I'm like, going to be a doctor, make my family happy, but I'm really going to become an astronaut <laughs> yeah, yeah. to make myself happy. And I get to college, and I'm at MIT as an undergrad, and I'm beginning to realize that becoming a government astronaut isn't necessarily the way I'm going to do this. And for some reason, I became enamored with creating uh, uh, a national and then an international space organization. Uh, it's out there now, you know, whatever that is, 40 odd years later, it's called Students for the Exploration and Development of Space, SEDS, and it's chapters around the world throughout the United States. And I start this on the MIT campus, and Bezos is the president of the Princeton chapter, and a number of my friends are, are presidents. Uh, you know, Did you guys, uh, go to, you guys go to school at the same time? We, yeah, uh, uh, roughly. He was a couple years behind me. Did you know him in college? Uh, through SEDS, yeah. Really? Uh, yeah. That's fascinating. So at MIT, I find there's no space organization, no student space group. And I'm like, huh, interesting. I'll start one. And I found myself in starting that organization, uh, getting all the skills I've used in life. To like enroll what? people, you need to enroll, enroll the, people the, uh, to get up in stage and present your ideas wow. and be able to organize people and to raise money. And it's like, huh. it was like, you know, do I remember anything from my aerospace engineering or molecular biology courses on my team? No, but I remember the stuff I did in the evenings, right? So it's like, you know, school is about all the, the places that you challenge yourself and put yourself. And so SEDS was an incredible educational experience. Um, hmm. And enrolling people, get you know whether you're getting to work for you, work with you, fund you. And, and people love supporting people who are both uh, passionate, right? Finding that person, purpose and passion. And you know when someone's lit mm -hmm. on fire. And it's like, I want to help you because I like your spirit, right? right. That's that kind of mindset. Right. Uh, the other part of, of enrollment is is the data, is showing people the reality of like, here's the information. This is why this is possible. This is what happens if this is true. So it really is the heart and the mind, right? You need to get them cognitively so they understand mm. it and they understand whether it's getting them to put money from a their investment hat or the philanthropic hat and their heart because... You know, people wanted, want to make the world a better place. I believe in the, in the positive nature of, of, of a human. So is this a different conversation for 
each individual based on who they are, how they think, what, how they're wired. It so, is. So if you're calling, let's just give me give an example. If you're going to call Tony for something or you're going to call Elon for something, would you have a different approach on enrollment? For sure. And what's, what's the intention you set before you do the meeting, the phone call, the FaceTime, whatever it is, before you say, hey, I got this idea. Yeah. I'd love to tell you about it. What's yeah. the intention internally not bullshitting the person, it's coming across authentically. I, I think it is being clear about what my role in involvement, like I think this is critically important. I put my money, I put my reputation on. on. Hey there, Brenda. It's Carol. Exactly. So which leg are we operating on? You mean arm? It's all connected. Asking the right question can greatly impact your future. Are you sure you're an orthopedist? Actually, I'm a Sagittarius. Especially when it comes to your finances. Do you have a question? Are you a certified financial planner? Yes, I'm a CFP professional. CFP professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Also, it's not being attached to the outcome. Whether they say yes or no. Yeah, yeah. because uh, you can drive with passion, but one of the one of the lessons I learned uh, when I was at Running Seds, I was trying to get a place called Draper Labs to donate money to publish my newsletters and mail them to all the Seds chapters. And I go in there and I'm like meeting with the head of Draper Labs, and at the end it's like like we're a nonprofit, we can't donate money and so forth. And I was really bummed because I'd really set this expectation I was going to uh -huh. succeed. And I'm walking out the door, and I stop myself and I said is there any chance you could do the printing for us and the mailing for us? And he goes, absolutely. And so it was realizing that any meeting you go into, you should walk away with something. Even if it is a clear critique of your idea mm. or advice as to who might want to do this or a request for an introduction mm -hmm. or... Come or back if, to me with these, yeah, this, and yes, this. exactly. And I'll take another look or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. That's interesting. Or can I just at least take this bottle of water for free? You know, so, <laughs> can I get something? <laughs> or this. Something. This, this school greatest mug. Uh, yeah. School greatest mug. <laughs> yeah, can I get something out of this? <laughs> that's fascinating. So you learned at MIT yeah, the power so a lot of enrolling. Of, a lot of enrolling. And there is not taking no for an answer um, when dealing with a bureaucracy. Like one of my companies I started years ago, uh, is a company called Zero G. We do weightless parabolic flights, right? I wanted to go on NASA's astro uh, airplane. They wouldn't let me. So I said, screw it. I'll We're start my it. own. <laughs> and I went to the FAA and said, I want to take a, back then it was a 727, take the airplane and uh, seats out, put padding in, put 30 people in the back, uh, take the airplane, go up at 50 degrees and, and, and do this parabolic arc. And they were like, you want to do what? You're insane. There's no way that you can do this. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm not going to let these guys stop me. 
And I said, you're either going to retire or die before I give up. Wow. It took me 11 years. To convince them. To get the FAA to approve it. It was an amazing woman, Marion Blakey, who was the head of the FAA, the, the administrator. I finally had to go all the way to the top to get, uh, to get that approval. And we did. And we've been operating now. You know, you, you can, uh, the website's go0g.com. I just took wow. uh, 60 people up on two flights, took Pharrell. That's cool. Uh, oh, Pharrell went up there? Yeah. That's cool. If it isn't your purpose... You're going to give up on it. You're going to give up on it. You're going to, it's like the stuff I've started companies just to make money. It's like, that's empty. Mm. No, not my purpose. I need to, this is what I'm doing. Right. This is what I'm focused on. Right. Yeah. And sometimes your enrollment may be, how long are you willing to show up and say you care about this? It took you 11 years. You had to keep showing up and reinventing your ask and meeting different people and and building your own credibility and your proven results and showing what's possible that where they finally said, okay, let's do it. Yeah. I mean, right now, you know, I've got a few moonshots. One is around helping millions of people find their purpose in life, uh-huh. right? And it's like, how do I scale that? Because I think, I think a person who's turned on to their their passion and purpose is going to make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. I just think They'll that's happier, healthier, happier, healthier, taking more shots on goal, going after more moonshots, and I think that's a way of 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 making the world better. The other moonshot I'm focused on uh, is age reversal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, uh, so I've got a uh, either going to be a hundred million dollar or two thousand Bitcoin X prize, prize yeah. X prize for uh, reversing the biological age of a person twenty years. What does that mean? So you have a chronological age, right? So I'm chronologically sixty. You can measure a person's biological age. So biologically, last time I was I was tested, I was forty nine and a half. Mentally, I'm like. 28, or sometimes I'm eight. Uh, But biologically, you're 49 and a half. Yeah. Is what your biological age. That's what the the testing did. That's through testing what blood and different health. It's testing what's called uh, your epigenetic clock. It's looking at the methylation pattern, which controls your epigenome, what genes are on or what genes are off. My goal is, is a therapeutic some kind of something you'll do to your body. It could be stem cells, could be gene therapies, it could be CRISPR, who knows? I don't need to know the answer. That within a year of treatment, it could be a day of treatment, a month of treatment, but we're allowing up to a year, that we can reliably reverse your age, your biological age, 20 years. That's crazy. All right, and then at least, at least 20 years. And then can you can you repeat that, right? Can you repeat that? So That's David Sinclair and George Church are both chair, you know, co-chairs of the advisory board for this and kind of uh, the judges essentially, right? Yeah, it's well like, helping design the prize, uh-huh. right? And and then they may compete, in which case they wouldn't right. be the judges, but uh, but making sure the prize rules are are set. And we have an amazing group. And I've raised uh, I've kicked in money for this. Mm. Um, I've raised about seventy million thus far. Wow. And, but I want to get it to at least, in fact, the principal donor right now, a guy named Chip Wilson, who was the founder of Lululemon, the first CEO, uh-huh. uh, he said, uh, I want to make it bigger than Elon's $100 million carbon prize. So he wants it to be $101 million. Uh, So he's put in $51 million. He put in wow. half, half that. Wow, that's, that's amazing. What's the most you've raised, whether it be for your venture fund or business or XPRIZE? I mean, each one is is different. I mean, I last year, in January of last year, I, I reached out to Elon and talked to him about uh, doing a carbon removal prize 
And to his credit, he agreed pretty much on the spot. And so and that was he, 100 million, right? 100 million, and then operating capital for the X Prize to run it, some additional couple of tens of million. Um, and then uh, our the venture fund, Bold Capital Partners, um, we raised 400, and we're raising another 100 to close out the round, so it'll be a $500 million round. Wow. What the, what's the difference between enrolling someone in a million dollars or a hundred million dollars? Which one's easier for you? Well, listen, it's the number, the people who can contribute a hundred million dollars um, is more rarefied than people who can contribute a million, for sure. One of the things I get angry about is that there are a multitude of people out there who've got billions, tens of billions, hundreds of billions, and WTF, what are they doing with their money? I mean, there are very few people who are really taking full-on shots. You know, Elon is. There are a few others, but it's like, you can't take it with you. And if you leave it to your kids, you can destroy their lives. Right. So, like, I, you know, it's like, there are a few, and I've gotten to know a number of people, and I'm like, guys, take some big shots, shots on goal. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, you know, there's so many incredible things to go after. And it's so funny because we've gamified wealth retention, right? So I don't want to drop from number 20 on the Forbes list to number 80 by <laughs> right. giving away $10 billion. So we need a countervailing force, right? So, uh, you know, I've been... Should be like number about, one donor list. Well, donor or, in, impact yeah. list, right? Yeah, impact list. And so I've gotten to know Tony Robbins very well. We're, we're super close friends, written together, started a number of companies together. And like Tony's really, you know, extraordinarily philanthropic and, and has committed to feeding a billion people, right? And he's like at 700 million on his way there. Crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. And, and so, the, you know, we funded a, um, so XPRIZE right now we have, we've launched over $300 million of prizes. And those drive typically 10 to 20 times, so three to six billion of expenditures by the teams trying to win the prize. Mm. We got a prize uh, that Tony and the government of Abu Dhabi funded called Feeding the Next Billion, which is really around uh, stem cell grown meats, right? Lab nice. grown meats. So where you can take a stem cell from a cow, a chicken, a tuna, whatever, and grow the, the final product without having to knock down more rainforests or, mm -hmm. you know. Create more schools of fish and yeah, yeah, yeah all those things. Who would you say are a few of the most brilliant people you've worked with in terms of the Elons, the Bezos of the world? And what would you say are the greatest lessons that they've taught you? A few, obviously I mean, there's so many, you probably can't name them all, but a few that you are. I mean, so Ray Kurzweil, who is my co-founder for Singularity University, uh, really helped me understand and embody an exponential mindset, right? And just the power of exponential technologies to take on the world's biggest problems. A guy named Gerard K. O'Neill, who's passed, he was a professor at Princeton, was a mentor for me, helped me understand how do you open the space frontier. Um, yeah. uh, you know, Elon, you know, I remember I was interviewing him on the stage at Goldman Sachs about some of this stuff, and he was like, yeah, my friends tell me what's great, my best friends tell me what's wrong, right? And just the importance of critical thinking. Mm. And then first principle thinking, the idea of looking at the fundamentals and what is possible from first principle physics. Because there's a lot of wishful thinking out there, but if you can boil it down in that regard. Martin Rothblatt, 
uh, who's incredible. You know, she runs United Therapeutics. It's a $10 billion company she started. Mm. Uh, her audacity, her daughter, and I, all these people are heroes in our book, Life Force Martinez, where she started uh, Sirius and XM Radio mm -hmm. as a, uh, when she was a he, undergoes sex change operations, uh, but then later on discovers her daughter, Genesis, has a rare and fatal lung disease. Mm. Quits, liquidates her capital, starts with a high school textbook to learn biology. Come on. Develops a cure for her daughter's disease. No way. Yeah, it was, she was tracked down Martine Rothblatt. Wow. And um, there's a whole chapter on, on her. Uh, and she had pulmonary fibrosis and she tracks down a, a drug that it was an orphan drug that was never developed by one of these particular pharma companies, gets some white powder in a baggie uh, and takes it into the lab with the world's experts and starts developing it. And that drug is now a multi-billion dollar blockbuster drug for this particular disease, but then realizes the drug's not gonna cure her daughter. And so she needs to create a supply of replacement lungs. And so starts on three different, you know, so it's an incredible story. Wow. And now Martine is, a, she's a helicopter pilot and also <laughs> a, um, and she's funded uh, one of the top uh, flying car companies, the uh, electric vertical takeoff or landing called Beta. And she wants to use the Beta uh, EV tolls for delivering organs to hospitals for transplant from our facility. This is right? so like crazy. Moonshot, moonshot number eight. Yeah, crazy stuff. Wow, I'm surprised yeah, I haven't and, heard and about so, this. And so, you know, Martine has taught me, uh, you know, never, ever, 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 ever give up. You know, her comment is every no is one step closer to yes, right? Wow, and how's her daughter now? Great. Wow. Yeah. This is fascinating, but it's, it goes back to your idea of uh, massive transformational purpose. Yeah. And, and people figuring out what that is, which will drive their decisions every day towards something meaningful to them. Yeah, one of the lessons Martine has tried to teach me that I haven't fully gotten uh, is how to say no <laughs> to things. Right, and so I'm to focus uh, more. To focus, because <laughs> you're, you're everywhere. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's like my big. That's my biggest challenge is is really focusing in, and so it's something I I try. I remember once uh, Elon was on my board of trustees of X Prize, along with Larry Page and a bunch of other amazing people. And I got a call from Elon saying, "Listen, I'm sorry, I'm stepping off of every board other than Tesla and SpaceX." This was, I don't know, a decade ago. And he just, that was what he needed to do to, to get those. He blew successful. it up, yeah. And now, of course. Now he's everywhere. Or and what? now he's every place. It's Neuralink <laughs> and Boring Corporation Twitter, Twitter, and Twitter. Yes. <laughs> but there's probably a period of time where each person needs to focus yeah. their efforts and yeah. not dilute their efforts mm. so yeah. they can get bigger results. Yeah, which I think I'm, I'm there. Uh, anyway, you start saying notice. To, start to say, yeah, yeah, really, it's really only have fifty things on your plate, not a it's, thousand. Well, it's understanding what is your MTP and what aligns with it, and uh -huh. just going all fo in on focusing it. Yeah. in on on those because if you get those to the next level, then they enable everything else. Right? If you could only work on two businesses. Or two ideas that you have right now for we'll the next. Talk, we'll talk about that in our next podcast. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> you don't want to upset all the entrepreneurs you're working with. Yeah, I get you. What is missing inside of you 
to take your mindset to the next level? That area of focus. I mean, I really, I really goes back to that. I think the biggest thing I need to do is to, is to focus. You know, I'm also, the, part of that is I'm a people pleaser in that mm-hmm. regard. Yeah. I've you know, been, I was, I was doing most of my life. Yeah, it's yeah, tough. And it, it's tough. So I was on stage with Eric Schmidt uh, two weeks ago, uh, you know, past chairman of Google and Alphabet. And uh, we're having a, a fireside chat from, during my Abundance 360 program. And I said, you've known a lot of incredible leaders out there. And I asked the question, do you have to be an asshole to be successful at a global level? Uh, and in the you know multi-billionaire class, not that he is or Larry or Sergey aren't, but there's a number of people and I won't go into it um, that just don't give a shit what anybody else thinks. And so the question is, do you need do you need to be that callous, or if you're playing at that level where you've got tens of billions of dollars and you're and you're a captain of industry? I mean, what happens is you get successful enough, you start surrounding your pe- yourself with people to protect you. Right. And they become cows for they, you. They yeah. become the, <laughs> they say the, no to you. No everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. What's the biggest lessons you've learned from from Elon just in the last couple of years with everything he's been creating in terms of leadership wow. style, in terms of investment style, in terms of strategy, in terms of his communication style and social media. So like, it's it's interesting, right? So I had this conversation with him last April when we were launching this hundred million dollar gigaton carbon where we spend the day together and we did a uh, couple hour fireside chat talking about stuff. And he was showing me, he was tweeting out about our fireside coming out. And I was, he was like, you know, I'm only sending out tweets that are either funny or have information that is useful to the individual. I'm not gonna, you know, I, know I don't use Twitter for, for marketing or anything like that. Now, whether or not he's actually held to that <laughs> is a different story, but that yes. was definitely his, his, his belief in that regard. And just the audacity and his focus. The guy, I, I, we all work hard, um, but uh, when it comes down to it, I was, uh, I was backstage with him. He funded a prize called, um, it was a Global Literacy X Prize, what we called it. And we had the winners. You had to build a piece of software that could teach a child reading, writing, and arithmetic on their own. And we're giving away the, a final prize, and he's backstage with me, and just super agitated. And, and I'm like, what up? He's like, Tesla is losing, you know, like a hundred, you know, forget what it was, $500 million this month. And, and I need, and it's like, we got to turn this around. And, and there's a SpaceX launch for the first star, uh, uh, for the first, uh, Starlink satellite, and we're not sure if the coupling on the on the satellites and the frequency of the launch is going to cause it to like, you know, uh, wow. blow up on. Or and he was just like just super, and he has his five kids there and and three <laughs> and three assistants, and it's like the level of stress, right? So, you know, when he he said publicly a few times, you wouldn't want my life, right? And you know, I believe that. I believe that to be true. He's driven. He's phys- he's mentally driven. Why do you think he doesn't? He's not excited about longevity as much as you are, or Tony is, or <laughs> so, I had this conversation with him about about <laughs> like you know when I was doing my earliest work in longevity, uh, you know, some years back, and he's like, I don't think people should live 
uh, you know, forever or, or past, you know, 80 or 100. And I was like, he goes, because I think people need to die to make room for new ideas. Huh. And I was like, maybe you'll change your mind when you're in your 60s or 70s. But I don't think that's true. I think a meritocracy, I think the best ideas can, can raise to the top. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that society can uh, adopt new ideas and disrupt the General Motors of the world or the Lockheed Martins of the world. I don't mm-hmm. think it needs to necessarily um, be about those leaders, those companies, you know, moving on to, to the next life, afterlife. Sure, sure. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. What advice would you give to him if you could give him one piece of advice? He knows all the advice he needs of just of focusing and slowing down. What advice do you have to someone who is gaining power? You know, maybe it's someone who's now got 100,000 followers when they did in a year ago or millions of followers or they're in the, the top <clears throat> 20 most powerful people in the world of your peers. What advice do you <clears throat> give to people with power? You know, I, I think it's, again, what's your purpose? Uh-huh. It really comes down, the one thing that, I will go back to Elon, the thing that's guiding for him is that he will spend every penny he's got to make, get the human race onto Mars, right? And it's like, I'm clear about that. Right. No question whatsoever. He's not going to take SpaceX public because he doesn't want shareholders telling him what he can and cannot do with his rockets. So if you're seeking power, I think it's empty unless it's in service of something. So what's your fundamental objective? You know, is it creating, uh, feeding everybody health care, energy, clean water? What are you going to use your power for? Getting power for the sake of power is empty and meaningless. And yeah, just I think it makes for a very empty life. I mean, how have you personally dealt with like, okay, more wealth, more access, more power? How do you keep your mindset abundant, moonshot, exponential, but not egotistical, overpowering, me, 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 yeah. uh, you know, and hurting others? How do you keep it in service to the mission and not to yourself? I think, well, listen, my, my MTP, my massive transformative purpose, just to state it for the record here, is to inspire and guide entrepreneurs to create a hopeful, compelling, and abundant future for humanity. Yeah. So the stuff that I do, you know, XPRIZE, Abundance 360, it's in service. How do I inspire? How do I, how do I help people find their purpose and their passion? Uh, what are the biggest problems we're going to take on? Mm-hmm. Now, there's beautiful alignment. I like to say that the world's biggest problems are the world's biggest business opportunities. Right. We want to become a billionaire, help a billion people. There's nothing, well, you know, nothing wrong with, with uh, you know, creating wealth and going big, but let's have it be in service of making the world a better place. And so... I back the things that I think are making the world a better place, whether it's the Venture Fund or myself as an advisor. And I donate to things like the XPRIZE, uh, FIRST Robotics, Dean Kamen's incredible uh, program, St. Jude's. You know, those are my three big areas. And, you know, donating money is part of it, but it's donating your mind and your capabilities along with your capital mm-hmm. that matters. Yeah. Who's the most inspiring hero that you've never met? That's Oof. either alive now or from history. I mean, I, I have been eating up some of the founding stories of America, right? So mm-hmm. the founding fathers for me would have been an extraordinary um, 
group. I mean, the idea of starting a country fascinates it's me. Crazy, right? And so, you know, we're going to get a shot at that uh, as we head to the moon and Mars and, and such. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, well, that's but incredible. We're going to create. We're going to create new societal structures in the Web three in the virtual world, and we'll have citizenship, American citizen, and a virtual citizen in these countries. But the real opportunity is when we start writing the legal code and the structure for uh, for off-world living. That's nuts. Yeah, but it's happening now. It's it's you know whatever we evolve into a thousand years from now, it's these next few decades that we're going to look back in history and say it was the time that the human race moved off the planet mm. irreversibly. So it's it's a magical time. What if you could ask one question of the founding fathers, and if you could also just share with them one thing that's happened since then that that you get to share with them. I'm fascinated by their wisdom. I mean, did they really understand the implications of what they were doing? Uh, And then I would have uh, told them about where communications are going. You know, we have a representative democracy and not an actual democracy because we never had the ability to ask people and get the world to vote or America to vote. So, and I would have probably said, you need to create some mechanism by which laws are sunsetted because the world of change is coming so fast, right? right? And we have all these laws in the books that were might have been logical at the time, but are it's too hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's evolving. It's inspiring stuff. I always love getting to have conversations with you. I want people to follow your uh, your mindset boot camp. Yeah, if they go to your website, diamandis.com slash mindset. It's a newsletter, 30-day newsletter, which yeah. teaches you this kind of boot camp. Yeah, it, it basically, it's free. It's, it's just I'm trying to get as many people to like uh, light up and see the world in a different way because mm-hmm. you can't unsee it. Right. And then, um, you know, just at Peter Diamandis on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, the and book. Then, yeah, the book Life Force. Powerful book. It's, yeah, it's... Game changer. Yeah, it's, it has the potential to add significant years on your life. And if you want to replace CNN with some constructive news, you can go to futureloop.com and, uh, mm-hmm. and longevityinsider.org. And uh, there's a free as well. And it's just my way of uh, showing people where the world is and where it's going. Because it's pretty extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Futureloop.com, yeah. yeah. I asked you this question last time. I'm not sure if you remember it. We'll see if the answers are the same or different. Uh-huh. It's called the three truths. Okay. So imagine you're, you live 200, 300, 500 years as long as you want, but eventually you got to turn the lights off and leave yes. your, your body and this planet and the next planets or wherever you, okay. you, you pass away. And for whatever reason, everything you've created has to go with you or goes to another planet right. and no one has access yeah. to, right? It's, yeah. it's lost in, in outer space. But you get to leave behind three lessons to the world, three things you know to be true from your experiences yes. here. And this is all we would have to remember you by, your wisdom by. What would those three truths be? Love is the most powerful force in the universe. Uh-huh. Just the fundamental uh, glue. Find your purpose in life and live your purpose in life. That is the most important thing. And just ultimately uh, be a good person. Mm-hmm. Um, what did I say last time? Well, if people want to hear that, they'll have to go to the previous ah, interview and, and check it out it. because one of the three were the same. All right. So if they want to know the other two, go maybe, check that maybe out. You'll tell me. I'll tell you afterwards. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before I ask the final question, Peter, I want to acknowledge you for your audacity to continue to dream so big. Thank you. 
I just feel like um, we need more models like you, people that think in a certain way, people that act and take big actions towards things to serve humanity in a better way. So I'm really inspired by your mission. I'm really inspired by your level of service. Thank you. And I'm excited to try some of these things out. The I think it was the fountain fountainlife.com. Fountainlife, yes. I want to improve. I continue to improve my life. So I'm I'm just inspired. It's really cool what you've created you. as a model for so many uh, people in the world, entrepreneurs like myself. So I pre- appreciate your mission and uh, the model you've created. Final question for you: What's your definition of greatness? Ah, uh, knowing that you have done all that you can. Uh, and that you're you're operating at your highest level. It's like, I think that for me is, because uh, being as great as you can. At the end of the day, if I know I have given, I've left nothing on the field, mm-hmm. that's it. Mm. Yeah. There you go, Peter. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. A pleasure, pal. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and it inspired you on your journey towards greatness. Make sure to check out the show notes in the description for a full rundown of today's show with all the important links. And also make sure to share this with a friend and subscribe over on Apple Podcasts as well. I really love hearing feedback from you guys. So share a review over on Apple and let me know what part of this episode resonated with you the most. And if no one's told you lately, I want to remind you that you are loved, you are worthy, and you are matter. And now it's time to go out there and do something great. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.